Welcome to the Growing With Purpose podcast. I'm Paul Spiegelman, and we're going behind the scenes with very special leaders, learning about what shaped them into who they are in business and in life. My guest today is Kathy Steele. Kathy is president of Red Caffeine Marketing and Technology, a consultancy that employs strategy, branding, technology, and marketing to fuel meaningful impact. Kathy is passionate about people, serious about business growth, and loves to help the underdog cause in her community. Welcome, Kathy. Thanks, Paul. Glad to be here. Well, first of all, I want you to start with uh, Red Caffeine and tell me where the name came from. Sure. Well, uh, the, the, the name came from, um, you know, something that we do with clients, it, it, you know, it, just like we do with a client, we did a name storming activity to, to develop the brand. And uh, so we had a group of individuals that just happened to be our, our you know, founding team um, come together and, and, and explore some name ideas. We um, were sort of evolving from um, my prior business. So there was some um, opportunity to give homage to the to the prior brand. So, uh, but so we wanted to to do something that had the the color red, um, and uh, so a, a number of names were presented. But red caffeine was uh, brought forth by one of our team members, and he he kind of threw it on the board and said, I only have one idea and, uh, I bought the domain. So we were, mm-hmm. we were all just blown away with, it was like instantaneous love. We knew it fit us. Um, we feel like red really represents the passion we have for what we do. Um, and caffeine is kind of the fuel, the business fuel we give to clients when we're working with them. So, um, it, it really fits us. And, uh, you know, as a, a business that's really on entrepreneurial minded, we didn't want to be boxed in. So it would give us, you know, some opportunities to grow outside of our, our, our like the, the original service set. Should we so elect to do that? Yeah. Uh, great name. I, I love it. And knowing a few of you in the business, um, the energy around, uh, your personalities really fits with the name, which is, uh, which is great. The fact that, you know, it came from someone on the team, uh, and also that you thought about having it be um, general enough so that uh, as you grew, expanded, maybe even changed or expanded your services, uh, that that name could ride with you. So that that's great. Now, when you talk about uh, the things that you do, marketing, technology, branding, there's a lot of stuff in their strategy. Um, so take me through what just a typical client would hire you guys to do. Sure. Well, I mean, I think what we've done um, in the last year is we've evolved, you know, who we, what we call ourselves. So we're, you know, in, in, um, uh, in the naming, like I mentioned, we really wanted to be able to, to evolve the, the organization. And, uh, we have, I, we, we really view ourselves as a growth consultancy, but we use the tactical, um, uh, strategy, branding, marketing, and technology to help our clients grow. So uh, a typical client experience for us is that we're hired in to help them, um, you know, solve a business problem. Usually it's lead generation 
depression. Um, uh, that's probably the, one of the most typical things that we're brought in to help um, build either brand awareness or lead generation because somebody wants to um, enter a new market or expand um, their their client base. Uh, but we get involved in lots of areas of the business like employer branding, um, digital transformation, so helping uh, businesses in you know integrate technologies or build new software um, and, and um, have really gotten into like sales enablement and things like that over the last couple of years because um, as you know most of our businesses are our, our client relationships are in the mid market and as you you know know smaller businesses have evolving needs and and then we're able to react with to those needs by offering so many different service areas so yeah uh, when you, uh, as you describe yourselves today, just to give our listeners a sense of um, how how big are you as a, as a consultancy? How many employees? You know, general, high level revenues annually. Yeah, so we're just under two and a half million. So um, we uh, we have uh, doubled our revenues in the in the four years that we've been in business. So we're we're on a fast growth. Um, plan and we expect to be about three times that revenue size in the next five years. We're in like the first year of a five-year plan, and we have 24 employees currently. And uh, that team is expected to grow. I think I, I um, anticipate we'll hire between four and six people this year. So we're we are um, we've you know uh, grown like 40 percent and 30 percent uh, over the last couple of years. It's it's uh, we're trying to manage. A about a, a 25% to 30% growth over the next few years. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's in, and we're, you know, really excited about this year. It, it's, it's teeing up to be a fantastic 2018. Wow. That's a, that's great to see your progress in a short time. And I know this isn't your first rodeo either, right? So there's a, uh, you know, this is the latest um, business for you. And, and we're going to hear some of those stories that led up to red caffeine, but I want to take you back uh, because now running a company with 24 people growing at the rate you're growing, uh, you've had to develop lead, you know, leadership skills over the years. And like many of us, uh, we sort of fall into business without a lot of formal training at it. But as you look back, even to your childhood, uh, when did you first realize that you were a leader or you had leadership potential? Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's a, a, a great question. I think it, it's, uh, uh, if, if you were to ask some of my childhood friends, they probably wouldn't have voted me like the most likely to be an entrepreneur or lead a business. I, I can actually remember being too afraid to go next door and sell like candy bars uh, as a fundraiser in school. So I, I didn't, um, you know, have a, a ton of confidence when I was young. Um, I, I had a lot of uh, struggles in, in terms of trying out for athletic um, endeavors. And I, I even lost my best friend in junior high when we both ran for president. So I, I think what I, I, you know, in thinking about that um, question, I, I, I really did feel like the one thing that I do know is that I, I really always kind of got back up, brushed myself off and, and tried again. So I had a lot of, um, you know, tenacity as, as a young person. And, and I, I really thank my parents because they always supported me and encouraged me. And, um, really I, I had just a, a fantastic childhood in terms of, you know, seeing the types of people that they were. So, um, I, I think that, 
my my family experience really shaped me as a leader. Yeah. Anything else that may have happened in your childhood that comes to mind that framed you as a leader? You know, I I think it it, it is really um, just, you know, just a series of volunteer activities where I was able to kind of go in under the radar and and contribute to something and, um, you know, not intentionally leading, but kind of leading by um, serving, I guess, is is the experiences that, you know, I was involved in my youth group and church and, and, uh, you know, on on committees. And I was never like the the one that kind of wanted to have the, the, you know, the lead role. But I, I think as a contributor, I naturally fell in, um, to, I I guess probably because I, I, you know, made sure everything got done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was just kind of a natural experience, but I I don't think anything, you know, stands out. I I think it, it was more the, the, the things that I wasn't successful at, at that kind of, um, just, just having that, like, well, you know, maybe this wasn't the right thing for me. I, I, I think just being able to be flexible is, is probably one of my more stronger leadership traits mm-hmm. is that I, I'm not married to like, we've always done it this way, or, you know, I know everything. I, I think though, those early, early learning experiences have made me feel comfortable with pivoting and, and, and then actually knowing when I'm not doing the right thing and, and, and seeking the advice or of my team or the advice of, of other mentors. Yeah. Uh, you know, those are great, uh, traits that you talk about kind of, uh, that became, I'm sure part of how you lead today, just brushing off early failures and being resilient and knowing that it's not always going to work out or not necessarily seeking the limelight or seeking to lead yourself, but being involved in things like service, community service, things like that, making sure that things got done, right? These are all leadership traits that maybe you you weren't the recognized or the appointed leader uh, at the uh, at, in those early days, but you you obviously exhibited some of those traits that that I know are with you still today. Uh, if you think about even early jobs that you had along the way, any of those that uh, gave gave you the opportunity to lead in maybe ways that you didn't necessarily seek. Well, I mean, I I I think that. Um in my early career, people didn't really invest in culture. And, and my early experiences in the workforce were, um, I, I mean, I think command and control makes it sound light. It was a lot more like screaming and intimidation and mm. in, in some of my earlier experiences. So um, I, I think I really struggled. I, I didn't go to business school. I, I um, was a graphic designer. So my, even my, you know, uh, education didn't set me up to think about business, you know? Uh, so, um, my experiences were based on what I saw in my, um, early jobs and, you know, in, in when I was freelancing or working with early clients in terms of how they led their organizations. And, and, um, I, I, but I did work in the restaurant business for a while and I have to credit this one, um, restaurant group that I worked with, a smaller group here in the Chicago market. Um, it was the Emilio's, uh, restaurants. He, he's like the tapas King. He brought, um, he brought tapas, um, to the United States with Rich Melman. Uh, but they, they had a small private company and, uh, it, it, I had worked at a number of restaurants uh, as a 
bartender and a, a waitress. And that was the first experience where I, um, it was like really family oriented. They had people that, you know, didn't speak English, that were dishwashers, that be, were able to rise to an executive staff level. And then they took, you know, when they, they did well, they took their team um, to Spain so that the, you know, some of the people could get the experience of, um, of, you know, where we were, where they were coming from, where the food was coming from. And, and that, um, that experience was really powerful. I, I, I know that, you know, I had a personal issue at that time and, and, and most restaurants don't have insurance and I was injured, not able to work. And my teammates fundraised for me. I mean, even, you know, busboys and dish washers, um, you know, gave their own hard earned tip money to help me out so that I'd have some income while I was, um, while I was healing from injury. So it, it was an, an incredible experience, uh, uh, to be a part of something like that. And that was about my early twenties. So, uh, I, I think that would probably be the one that made me think that, you know, that, that there is some good in, in, in working situations. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you talk about the restaurant business because, uh, I, I did my five, six years waiting tables and all that back in college and then in law school. And my experience was more of that command and control style leadership at that time. And I'll never forget where, uh, and maybe this sort of framed my, my leadership, uh, experiences when we had an employee meeting and uh, we were all so upset because I think we were not paid for hours that we had worked and, you know, uh, all of that. And I ended up walking out of the meeting and just quitting on the spot. Um, and the manager was uh, such a poor screaming directive type leader. Uh, so, uh, but I, I led the charge out the door and, uh, um, so that probably had something to do with it. I'm so glad to hear that you had a really positive experience. And again, every industry has both good companies and bad companies and bad leaders and good leaders. So the fact that you, uh, learned that lesson in the, your early twenties, that there are companies that thrive in part based on how they treat their people and how everybody comes together is really, uh, uh was something I know made a big impression impression on you early on. Yeah. I mean, it was incredible. I actually, so the owner, interesting, like the owners are, are in separate, um, businesses now, but I went back, uh, this past or, or last year, we held our red caffeine holiday a party last January at Maison Sabika, the restaurant I worked at. And it was just, it was just super incredible to be able to bring my team back to a place that was pretty close to my heart. I, I still am friends, close friends with many um, people that were on that crew. So it, it is really interesting how that kind of experience in the workplace can have lifelong impact on you. Yeah. Well, um, can you think of another time when maybe you learned something uh, in an unexpected place or from an unexpected source? Well, um, I mean, I'm a life learner, so I, I think I've learned so much and so many different experiences. I, I, I think, um, I've learned things from intern interns. We've always tried to have a great, um, intern program and the companies I've been a part of. Um, but I, I, I have to say the, the, some of the best experiences I've had have been, um, in when I've got involved in small giants and GGOB, uh, the ability to, um, 
to go into uh, somebody's business and really get a inside perspective on how um, they're doing things from operationals to culture to finance and, and the visibility and transparency and comfort these these you know great people and leaders have about sharing these types of information with other companies. I, I just recently did this um, in the beginning of the year in Dallas and uh, even a, a, an agency that we lost a piece of business to was willing to sit down and share their financials. And, and I mean, the, the incredible learning experience and, um, ability to take something super vital back to my business and action it, it, I, I, it's like invaluable. It's just absolutely invaluable. Yeah. I think that the message there is that, uh, we don't know what we don't know, and, and we start to grow our businesses, and we we think we're we know what we're doing, and then when we start to talk to other business leaders, we realize how little we really know, and how much there is to be gained by getting to know and building relationships with uh, these other leaders and learning from their companies. You mentioned the Small Giants community and GGOB, which great for our game. listeners is great. Yeah, great game of business. Um, I think the. The first small giant summit you came to was what in 2013. Yes. Um, what was what was that like? What was the impression that you got the first time that you were exposed to uh, th- this uh, community of leaders who uh, were really driven by this kind of values purpose method of doing business? Yeah. So it was 2013. Um, it, it was really a kind of a critical point in my career. I, um, was going through the, a business divorce. And so, uh, just even leaving my employees and, and leaving town at that point was a, a hard decision. Cause I just, it was such a crazy toxic time for me. Um, but so I, 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 I just remember getting to California to the summit and it was, uh, just instantaneous, um, the, the 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 openness and acceptiveness accepting ness of the people that were participating and I I think I I quickly realized wow there's a lot of people that think just like I do and I I've always thought like this I just didn't know that this could be the recipe um, to run a successful business where you could have things that you're passionate about, you know, with your people, the community, um, and, and do a lot of good things in that respect, but you could also run a profitable business and, and, um, and, and be a leader and then have a group of trusted, um, resources and the other leaders in the community to tap into when you didn't know anything. And, and in a few short days, I made some incredible, um, friendships and, um, you know, just kind of, uh, just, just evolved so much as a person. Uh, and then I, I think what was the most important thing is that I, the first session was, um, the session on visioning with Ari and our, um, and I wrote a 10 year vision. I mean, it, it never occurred to me to think about the end game. Uh, and, and that was the first time in my career I'd ever wrote, written down where I wanted to go. And, and that I think was a game changer. Hmm. 
Um, you know, I, I think it might have been the, the next year uh, when you came up and uh, talked to me and Bo, and um, you kind of had tears in your eyes and talked about what it had meant to you to, to be a part of the community. You mentioned a business divorce, and that's a term not a lot of us yeah, use. Yeah, well, it what was, uh, you know, what happened we in your company had been running a, a, a company together. I had a, a business partner. We had been running the company for about 10 years. Uh, and I think, it, it, so in 2012, we were really starting to hit our strong both the marketing services company and we built um, a a lot of technology and software and we had built a a um, a software application in a very niche marketplace. And, and so both of those, um, were, were really going gangbusters. And, uh, so we were already kind of talking about, um, having two profit centers and things like that. And, um, we were just weren't, you know, always seeing eye to eye in that year. And there was just a lot of going on, a lot going on. Um, but on, you know, January 1st or January 2nd, when we got back in the office from the holiday, I received a notice from my, uh, partner's attorney that she wanted to separate the business. And I, you know, was just stunned. I, I, I think that I was, um, just really unprepared to, to have that level of uh, lo- like divide. I knew things weren't perfect, but I, I didn't expect that we would ever divide the company. And especially at a point where things seemed like they were going well. And so um, following that, it, it became a, a really toxic environment at the, the prior company, we were really divided teams. We weren't speaking. Uh, it, it was, you know, kind of a lot of secrets and, and uh, a lot of um, just a lot of uh, turmoil. And uh, early in that uh, year, I had breakfast with Tom Welter, a local business owner here in, in the Chicago market owner, owner of tasty catering. And he asked me this one question, uh, that just, it, it just so struck me that, uh, he asked me if we, if my partner and I had values alignment and it was, it was just like being, you know, slapped in the face. I, 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 it hit me so hard and I, I never thought about it. I never thought about why it was important. I, I, I I knew we didn't have values alignment, um, from the, from day one, but I just always sidestepped it. And that question, um, when he asked it, I knew that the partnership was over. So at, at that point prior, there was just only a few weeks into the year. I, I really did think that there was a chance to salvage our partnership. And, and the minute he asked those questions, I, I knew it was over. So it, it, it was uh, a very difficult year. Uh, he generously um, coached and mentored me throughout that year. And, and then uh he really encouraged me to go to the small giants where I'd get access to other leaders that thought, um, just like I did. And, and, and it, it was like a game changer. So how did you guys, uh, kind of walk away? Did you close the business essentially or, uh, and just decide to start again in what became red caffeine or how did that transition go? Yeah. So, uh, we ended up in an arbitration situation. So we were, uh, we couldn't really agree on terms and, uh, and in like, you know, anything, I, I think we probably could have made it a lot simpler, but there was a lot of emotion, uh, 10 year, 
you know, baby and, and uh, a lot of passion around the prior business. So it, it, it didn't go very well. And so, um, you know, our team was in a, a really tough spot. We, uh, we were in some debt to my business partner starting off. We, we had really not built any type of a sales pipeline because it was just tough. I mean, you couldn't uh, really go out and talk to prospective clients and tell them how great it was to work with you when you were feeling, you know, like it was chaos and really toxicity inside the business. So, uh, and, and then we really absorbed all the, uh, the expenses. The, I, I kept the office space that we were, um, co-working in and, and all the expenses that come along with, with that. So we were in a, a pretty st- tough spot, but alongside, um, you know, kind of unwinding the, the prior business, we were starting to build the con- culture. And I, I don't, I didn't intentionally know it was happening. Um, but now that I look back, I, it was happening. We, we were meeting, uh, as a group, the, the the small founding team with the naming, we we worked on our values, uh, we worked on our purpose, our mission, our the you know the vision. We distilled the ten year vision down to a simpler vision, and uh, and and we talked about like what we wanted, what was going to be the dream for the new organization, and and um and it was a really powerful both you know we were building, and then it also gave me a lot opportunity to, to be candid. You know, people asked me, are they going to lose their job? And I was able to mitigate um, concern. And, and then in turn, they really, they supported me. I, I, I really uh, had this group of people that still championed me and, and um, I, I, I owe them a great deal. It was, it was a lot to stick with me in that time because it it was not a positive place to be around. Although we were doing some of the best work of our, of, of, you know, my 10 year career was, we were turning out some incredible work. I think sometimes when you're under the gun, it, it, you know, refocuses you. So it, it really did. Uh, we did some, some great things that year as well. Yeah, it sounds like uh, that resiliency kicked in there too during a very stressful time. So, did did your what became the core group of Red Caffeine were these uh, by and large people that were with you through this transition? Yeah. So the core group there was uh, eight of us. We call ourselves the original eight. That includes me uh, and seven other mm-hmm. team members, and, uh, and and they transitioned from the existing company to the new to the new company Red Caffeine, and we uh, hit the ground running in 2014. So we uh, we went to uh, the great game of business training at SRC. We went open book right away, which I, I think was a critical um, move as well, because when we were starting to rebuild, I was able to talk candidly about the finances and we were like all in it to win it. We, you know, um, ended up uh, bonusing in all the quarters, but one, and we ended up uh the year debt free. And it was just, it was a really, really powerful experience, but I don't think it would have been as easy to pull off if I wouldn't had been, had been able to be so transparent about the finances and had that level of um, financial literacy around the team. Uh, I, I, I think it would have been a different outcome if, if we wouldn't have done that. 
Yeah, I, I, it sounds like that they remain so loyal and committed to help you through this. And as you as you look back now, uh, you mentioned things like uh, working with Tom or other mentors or going to conferences, implementing programs like Open Book Management through the great game. How, over these last four years, even from a culture perspective, are you essentially running the business differently than you ran it when you in in you, you know when you're working with your previous partner? Well, I mean, I think it's it's fundamentally different. I think that we're we're really purpose driven. So everything at, at the heart of everything is the values and purpose, and um, that that kind of affects our hiring and and um, how people get reviewed. So we've got a, just a higher level of accountability just out of the gate. So I think that underpins everything we do, and then just the investment in people that we make. I mean, it's one of the three pillars of our strategic plan is is um, employee engagement and growth and uh, we we invest a lot in it most agencies are targeting a 90 to 100 percent billable rate and we're far under that we could be a lot more profitable um, but I, I definitely feel that it's such a worthwhile investment that we make in our people that uh, I'm just not willing to to you know uh, change that. We saw it, you know, just in uh, the the small organization and and it's not been super easy as we've grown to to uh, I mean, we've we've had our ebbs and flows in terms of culture and and um, you know sometimes things get wobbly but the the you know the drive has not um, been altered. Although I do have to say that I asked Tom Walter when we were working on values in the very, I'm like, how long does this take? You know, like this culture thing. And he's like, um, it, it, it's never ending. So it, it was, I mean, that was, a, I, I think as, you know, any entrepreneur, they're like, how, do, how soon do I get to check this off my list? Uh, so he, I'm glad he level set me that like immediately you are never going to be able to check that off the list. It's just going to have to, that, that bar is going to have to continue to raise. So Well, and what you said earlier about doing well and doing good at the same time, you know, what what I think you'll see as most companies do that, that keep a long-term view of culture is that it does pay off. And and while you might short-term say, well, we could be investing some of these dollars uh, elsewhere or we could have a better bottom line, that bottom line ultimately is going to grow because of your commitment to that over the long run. And and the fact that you said sometimes it gets wobbly, you know, we're, we're never perfect, but I think, yeah, one of the the, the lessons we learn, and uh, you heard it from Tom, is that this never ends, and uh, uh, you, you can't check it off. Um, and otherwise, it becomes just the flavor of the month, and you start to lose trust. So uh, that commitment that you've learned over time is really great. And just to see the progress, and I can hear it in your voice, just the fulfillment that you've had and the growth that you guys have had over these last four years is, is really incredible. Uh, at the same time, uh, I, I know that that uh, not every day is a great day, and you still learn uh, lessons along the way. Um, if you think now, even in this last few years, uh, of a humbling experience or a really tough decision that you had to make, what would that be? Wow! In the last few years, um, 
I, I mean, I think it always centers around employees. We, you know, we've had to make some tough decisions around some employees. And, and uh, I, I, well, I mean, I think the most difficult employee decision was like one of my first uh, and this goes back to 15 years ago, but it, it I, I still the pain still resonates with me. So I think that's why I believe hiring right is so important. Um, but when I had to let go of somebody in my uh, prior business, I, it was the first person I'd ever let go, and um, I didn't expect to kind of fall to pieces. But the minute he walked in the room, I just started crying and it was horrible. I think I honestly like think that maybe he felt worse than I did about how un you know, mm-hmm. undone I was, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it, stu- it sticks with me today. And, and he, he, it was a tough time. We were, the economics of that time were a factor, but it, it, it does make you think about the fact of that it never really gets any easier in my view, even if it isn't a right fit, it's just still difficult, um, to let somebody go. And I I still feel that same angst around it. Um, that when we have, I, I always feel like we probably just haven't done our best job of of hiring, but, um, we have little attrition here. You know, we, we, we have a pretty high retention and the people that have left the company are, are going to do what would they were more, are, um, destined to do, I think I, 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 uh, so, you know, and I've, I've thankfully been able to maintain some really great, strong relationships with, um, former employees, both of last my prior business, as well as the couple of people that have left red caffeine. Yeah. Uh, you know, it makes me just think about, um, your comment about hiring, right. And the fact that, that ultimately we do have to look in the mirror and, and say, what could we have done differently either by, in some cases, not hiring the person, but in but being more attentive to what we could have done to help them be more successful in the business. And you're right; it, it just never gets easy. It's 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 so hard to let somebody go. And I, I remember a couple of times when um, you'd kind of say, "Well, you know, you're prepared to have the conversation at the end of the day." And then I got to the point where my stomach was you know bothering me so bad during the day that I had to do it first thing in the morning. You know, it's like it's just so so stressful. Um, and you learn the tools of how to have those conversations and know that it shouldn't be a surprise. And uh, and the reality is, is that person could thrive somewhere else. So I think all of us struggle with uh, procrastination and not making the tough decisions. Right. Having the courage sometimes to do it um, or to you know be strong when we do it and not fall apart like you did that first time. Uh, you know, I'm sure that that uh, you know it doesn't happen that way anymore. But um, it shows how sensitive you were too and how much it meant to you. Um, so you know, you talked a lot about. Uh, as you, especially as you went through what you went through with your core team, um, being genuine, open, and candid with them. So as you grow now at 24 people, going to add four or five this year, and, and I'm sure more in the coming years, how are you, are you going to remain accessible and authentic to others? Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that's really, um, a tough one. I, I think that, I do like to think that I, I do a pretty good job of being authentic. I, I am really open, honest uh, with the team. I, I, I talk about my shortcomings and, you know, as well as successes. So I, I think 
that piece, I'm doing pretty well. You know, you might circle back with my team and ask if that's if I'm accurately depicting that. But uh, I, I think the accessibility is is really challenging because as you grow, you just do not like I used to be able to have lunch with everyone and I cannot mm-hmm. do that anymore. And so, um, I mean, sometimes I don't even have lunch. So it, it, it is. It, that's the tough piece. Um, I think what we, we've put some things in place and, and for me, I, it, it's all about planning. So we've got, um, culture club, which is something that kind of pulled through from the prior business. That was our like little huddle of kind of lamenting about the toxicity and, and, and then talking about the new business. We still do that today. So we have, a. um, Every Friday we host lunch and we talk about what's going on with the business. We share um, uh, like learning experiences. We bring in speakers, but that's like the one time a week where everybody's together. We're eating lunch together and and um, we're sharing uh, the information about what's you know what's the pulse of the, of the business. And then um, we I, I regularly meet with my leadership team. I do one on ones. Um, and, and I think. Um, this year we, you know, have this new ping pong table and, and I'm going to have a beat the boss tournament just so I can have a little, um, a little bit of fun with the people and, 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 and have a few moments of being able to kind of share it. Like you can make at least 15 minutes a day for something like that. So it'll give me a chance to interact with people that I don't get to work with on a daily basis. Um, but it, that's, I think that's the toughest piece is, is the accessibility because you always intend to be accessible, but it, it is not as easy as, um, you know, said as it is done. Yeah. I think part of it is what you said, which is planning. You actually have to kind of budget this into your day uh, because it's so easy for it to just go by the wayside. And then you look back and go, man, I I really should have spent more time. And uh, if it's that, you know, quick game of ping pong or the lunch on Friday or whatever it is, uh, as you grow, um, if you maintain your commitment and and people uh, you ask them for their ideas of what's important to them then um, I think you can scale that along with them and, and sounds like sounds like you're you're doing that and I'll, I'll take winner there at the uh, on the ping pong tree <laughs> all right stop uh, by. We'll come by yeah um, so um, Kathy as we kind of get close to wrapping up here if you if you look back and you, you mentioned so many things that um, I think make up great leadership but what would you say is the most important quality of a leader well I, I for me what's always worked is the transparent or what's worked most recently <laughs> is the transparency I, I, I think you mentioned this uh, uh, too in I remember going back to in my restaurant career I w- went to show up for work one day and there was a lock on the door and uh, and in my prior business there was a lot of you know assumptions being made and chatter when we weren't candid and and, and transparent with the team and I people my my team tells me that these are the, some of the reasons they they wanted to work at the company and the reasons that they stay and uh, so that is uh, an important quality. It's, it's tough to get comfortable with sometimes um, as a as a leader because for me I, I like feel like I have to own both the good and the bad. I have to be um, vulnerable uh, and and people have to see you know my 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 shortcomings as well as some of the things that I do well. So it, it is, uh, it's not just about financials. It's, it's, you know, kind of bringing your whole self to the office. Um, but 
I think that's what's working best for me. Yeah, I think that's a great lesson for everybody. So if you're talking to a young person who's maybe new in their career and they looked at said, Kathy, I, I want to be like you one day, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, well, I, I mean, I think that uh, my kind of largest learning curves were around the finance piece. I, I, I do believe most entrepreneurs start in on something that they're really good at or they, they feel like they can do better than their current employers doing or things like that. So, um, so they're, they're skilled and, and they're, they're a craftsman and they're, um, doing that well, but, um, having the business acumen is, is a huge learning experience and, and businesses, you know, uh, I, I th- you know, to me that I would have loved for somebody to say, you know, uh, here's a budget template or, you know, giving me some guidance there because I, I did quit my first job. I was a single mom and I did not have, you know, even one month's rent in my bank account extra. So it was, it was really, um, not the best move. And I, I, if I had to do it again, I, I, I would have had at least a month's rent in the checking account. <laughs> You know, that's, that's funny. And you're exactly right. I mean, most of us that started our businesses don't know a thing about finance and somehow we get through a period and, and now you're, you know, you're doing great game of business, sharing your financials with your team, being transparent. But, but I remember days where I didn't know what a balance sheet was and, or a profit and loss and how they interacted. And I'm not sure I still know all of that goes into that. So getting that kind of education early on is so critical and uh, it's important just to add that to one of the most important things that we need to learn to be successful because uh, we do end up making better decisions. Yeah. Um, abs- I mean, I, th- I mean, I think profit provides us the opportunity that uh, to do everything else good that we really want to do. I mean, I, to me, um, that has infinitely, and, and the, the feeling I had about being successful from a financial standpoint, I, I wasn't super comfortable with it. I, I just, I, I didn't, it wasn't about the money to me. So I, I felt funny about making it about the money, but now I feel differently. I think that, um, the, the profit is the ability to, um, to, to do all the other great things that I want to invest in. And so I, I'm much more comfortable about, you know, being financially, um, you know, responsible and, and, and making decisions based on, you know, real data. So I, I think that, uh, that that's been a super big evolution for me. That's been pretty recent. Yeah, it's it's so important to many of us uh, have grown our businesses organically, don't have uh, outside capital or investors. And uh, and that has contributed in many ways to us uh, being able to build a, a unique and special culture and sustain that. But if we don't run profitably, then we'll we're at risk of not fulfilling our promise to our team, which is that we want to continue to invest in you and give you better, better tools and resources to do your job. Right. So there's profits, not bad profit critical to allowing us to continue to grow our business, invest in our people, invest in new tools to help our customers. Uh, so it isn't something that we need to shy away from. We need to embrace it as a, as a way that uh, allows us to invest in the future. So I think that's uh, that's really great, great advice. So I want to close with my just quick hit questions, kind of the game um, association. Just tell me the, the first thing that comes to your mind, all right? Okay. Um, so name a famous leader you look up to. Oh, 
Um, I, I guess most recently, probably Oprah, I thought her speech speech was amazing, but I, I tend to cling to more, uh, you know, relatable inspiration in yeah. the leaders that I see locally. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and that's interesting because, uh, in a community, in a small giants community, that that's something that we, we talk about a lot is that while there are uh, lots of famous entrepreneurs and people that inspire us, uh, we tend to be more inspired by those that are just like us in the trenches doing the work who have wonderful stories and challenges and, uh, and, and it's almost even better to learn from them. So I think that's a really great point. Uh, can you, uh, like many of us, you've read a lot of books, uh, anyone in particular that's influenced your leadership style? Yeah. So last year I read uh, Teaming by Amy Edmondson, and I, I'm still trying to workshop the the idea of creating like a safe space to fail. It's tough when you're an overachiever working with a lot of highly motivated people, um, but we're in a very evolving space in technology and marketing, and uh, we have to be able to experiment to be able to get to the right um solution. So I, 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 that book is, is just really fascinating. And, and so we've been employing some, um, some ideas based on that book internally. Great one. Uh, what about movies? What's your all time favorite movie? Oh, well, this is embarrassing, but, uh, not really. I mean, I, it's, uh, I, I, I know if I didn't tell the truth here, there'd be a lot of people calling me out. So it's legally blonde. I actually <laughs> even have the pink, um, briefcase in my office that, uh, Reese Witherspoon carried. So, um, yeah, I, I think I'm just a teenager at heart. Oh boy. All right. We won't tell anybody you said that, but uh, that's, <laughs> okay. that's all right. Keep that, that quiet. All right. So now you get to take one thing with you and you're stranded on an island. What would it be? Uh, I think I'd have to take a case of Bordeaux. Ah, okay. So that sounds wonderful. I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I have to be catching some fresh fish or something like that as well to go <laughs> with it. But <laughs> That's funny. All right. And lastly, uh, you've been really genuine and transparent with us and I know you are with people around you, but, um, is, can you think of something that a lot of people that know you don't actually know? Well, I mean, I think probably anybody that's danced with me might know, but, um, people that have not danced with me, I, I think I dance pretty good, but I, I've been told I dance like Elaine from Seinfeld. So I, I, I'm, oh. I think I, I don't want to see myself on video. That's, that's the, the, so, but I love to dance. So too bad. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> knock yourself out. Uh, well, that's, that's great. Well, um, wow. It's just been great to hear about your journey, Kathy, and, and what you've uh, learned along the way. Uh, and you're still learning, you know, kind of my key takeaways, uh, just even in the early days, brushing off early failures and, um, and leading by serving to me was just a great, a great point. And it's so common with many of us that have been in businesses that we didn't really start out that way, didn't want to be a leader necessarily. It's just that somehow it kind of came to us and, and at some point we, we embraced it. Um, flexibility, uh, was really important to you and still is, uh, and one of the great lessons learned, um, the fact that many of us didn't learn in a formal way, didn't go to business school, but, uh, or, or maybe our education wasn't even related to business. Uh, but that didn't mean we couldn't grow a great career and become uh, great leaders. Um, I think that 
the though no one would wish upon you what you had to go through with your uh, original business and and your business divorce that just seemed to be so instrumental in in what uh, framed you not just you uh, moving forward, but the team around you and your own leadership style. And then to find out through the small giants community that there were many other people that could uh, resonate with your experience that had been through their own experiences that to allow you to develop those relationships was uh, really something that changed particularly your business life. And uh, in many of us, it's, it's the same way. There's, uh, we feel quite lonely sometimes, but there's a large number of people who feel the same way and have been through many things as well. Uh, the fact that you've invested in people over the long term and saw that and learned that that wasn't something that you could check off uh, in a box or on a list and that uh, the culture was really everything and that you had these lessons learned about um, that some today might say, well, that's pretty basic or doesn't everybody do that, which is having a long-term vision and, and at some point going, man, I never really even thought about that, let alone wrote it down or had a set of core values uh, that really guided the decision-making of the company or allowed you to determine whether people were right for the company or not. And that question that Tom asked to say, were you and your previous partner aligned in values right away? You said no. And you knew right away that that was so critical and allowed you to articulate with your team uh, a new set of values that you could live by uh, going forward. And, um, and then this idea of just hiring right and and knowing that uh, ultimately the the choices that we make uh, result in the experiences that we have and those that work with us have. So uh, while we can sometimes get angry or mad or blame other people for uh, the consequences uh, and the things that happen to us, it, it's ultimately our own mistakes or looking in the mirror that allow us to learn and grow and, and be better. Um, and uh, what's just so nice to see is that uh, the success that you're having over these most recent few years. Um, and I think uh, it was important for you to go through what you went through to get here. And now uh, I know that there's many people in the community who get value out of listening to your story uh, and make them feel better. So you're kind of paying it forward and sharing those stories. So uh, really appreciate you uh, being on the podcast today. I know everybody's going to enjoy listening to you. So thank you so much for, for being with me today, Kathy. Thank you. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. You're just so easy to talk to, Paul. Thank you. And thank you all for joining me on this episode of the Growing With Purpose podcast. Until next time.